Welcome to season four of the Life Giver Podcast, a place for honest conversation and hope that will breathe life into your service, family, and home. This is your host, Corey Weathers, and I'm honored to take this opportunity to invest in you. Okay, you ready? Mm. La la la. La la la. <laughs> That's going to go on the intro. Okay. For the bloopers on the outtakes. Okay. All right. <laughs> What's your what's your name? Lanolin? Lana? Like the sheep's wool? <laughs> We're on the air? I don't believe you. <laughs> Alright, here we go. We're just gonna randomly talk. Ready? About what? Welcome to another episode of the Life Giver Podcast. This is your host, Corey Weathers, and I have with me again Matt, my husband, um, who is on leave endlessly on leave it's we're still recovering from a pcs and you do a really good job of taking extra time off whenever we pcs and taking those extra weeks off and so it is saturday afternoon and we have our coffee like we like to do and so we're just going to invite everybody to listen in to a conversation about pcsing because we figured we really haven't talked as a couple on the topic of a PCS and what so when you like. say endlessly piece endlessly on leave, it's kind of a mixed what, what, mixed feelings. I know what your emotions are about that. But. No, on one hand, you do a really I really actually appreciate the fact that you take extra time off. I know the military gives us like 10 days and whatever to get your family settled. You have always strategically because you have a strength for strategy and um, and that's, I think, one of the ways that you serve our family is that you take extra time off. Um, usually it's about 30 days or something like that whenever we PCS. And um, I jokingly say that because, honestly, you hang up all the pictures in the house and help us get settled in. And um, and by the time you go to work, I mean, we are like fully settled and mm-hmm. everything is taken care of. And so we are probably on week two since we moved in. And pretty mm-hmm. much as of like yesterday to today, we're pretty done. Yeah, we just finished. I mean, we signed, got our household goods on the 11th. It's 29th. So what? 18 days. Yeah. So we have like 10 more days or so, maybe a little bit more yeah. than that of your leave. So um, I'm actually going on leave now. That, oh, is that how it goes? This is when leave actually starts. See, as military spouses, we're just like, you're here, you're off. That's how. <laughs> well, I mean, I am on leave, but uh, I've been working at home, so I don't consider that leave. It's not leave until I can wander aimlessly about the house wondering what to do with myself. Which you don't do very well, not by the way. Not Which is why all. we're doing a podcast to fill time. Well, you know what, pot? Hello, it's a kettle. Um, yeah, because, this is work. Yeah, and you're the same way. So you have a hard time stopping and slowing down. That's well. true. So. And, you know, to to be fair to a lot of military spouses out there, moving and relocating is really difficult for spouses that work or work from home. And, you know, I was thinking about it. And every time you PCS, mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's like a month. Everybody yep. takes a month off. You've taken, you know, a month to help us get settled and moved. And and for spouses that work from home, it's an entire month. And so it can be oh. a huge disruption of everybody's schedule, the kids' yeah. schedule, the wife's schedule. And so I say wife, but military spouses. Yeah. And so for me, I had thought about that this time. And I thought about, you know, man, a whole month is a right about, and I think it's the a good amount of time 
to take off. Mm-hmm. Um, but that can be really stressful. Yeah. And so I think I find myself going, okay, now we're settled. Now we're close to settled. Maybe I should be attentive to work stuff and that feeling of our other people waiting for me. Yeah. And, and while it's nice to move during the summer, so you don't disrupt the kids school, mid school and Christmas, there's also the difficulty of we've gotten settled. Now what? Now what? Now what? I mean, what do the kids do? They don't have friends established, places yeah. established. And so it's a full-time job to get settled and to get to your new normal and to find a place and a space for the kids that you feel is productive and you don't feel like you're being a bad parent when you're just like, hey, here's another glowing rectangle. Yeah. Um, so. Because PCS has a lot of downtime where by the middle of it, you're like, yes, you can play another video game. Yeah. There's only so <laughs> much you can look on Yelp and TripAdvisor and go, what are we going to do now? Yeah. Uh, no. Or being around everybody 24-7 yeah. and family time constantly. I mean, I know it's easy to be around me 24-7. Oh, it's so the easy. kids, it can be difficult. <laughs> So all that being said, we decided to do since we're here together on a Saturday um, and things are mostly settled. Yeah, uh, we thought to do a podcast together again. um, A lot of people have written in and said they really appreciate when you're here and can have a conversation with me. Yeah. The last episode that you joined me on, which was really awesome. Um, it was just talking about some different perspectives of of understanding your spouse's career and all that. Mm-hmm. And so um, so today we're going to unpack. We don't know what we're going to unpack, but we're just going to talk about. Well, I think it's good. Business. We waited six days after your somewhat breakdown last Sunday, and, um, which would have been a fun podcast. But at the same time, it probably would have been. Um, yeah, I think a lot of people could have identified with it, but it would have been a lot of like talking in between bouts of crying and anger. So. And you actually said to me that day, you should do a podcast you today. You should do a podcast today. Because <laughs> there's a lot of good stuff happening right now. I don't know if it was good. Yeah. So I am really low on adaptability. For those of you who have done the Strength Finder with me or have done it before, it is my lowest strength. So it's my biggest weakness. Mm-hmm. And um, that is not new information for my family. But I can stay positive about changes, you know, for a really long time. And I feel like I try to carry the family in a positive space throughout all the challenges and the difficulty and the emotions of a PCS. (laughs) Then it turns into Jesse from Saved by the Bell having her meltdown. But I did. I think I hit a wall. You know, we got here. We got our household goods. We settled in. And and then I don't know what happened. I just... You ran out of optimism. I, ran out of, I did. I ran out of positivity. Um, and we went to church that morning. And honestly, I didn't want to go to church that morning. I didn't want to start a new church. I didn't want to, you know, take the kids to church and not sure if they were going to feel good about it. And if they were going to have to meet new people, like my empathy was on overdrive. Right. And so as soon as we get out of church, <laughs> we hop in the car and Corey, you could tell she had been thinking the entire time in church, like, how are we going to get the kids connected? Got to really push in and get them connected. So she popped in the car and she said, uh, hey, here's what we're going to do. And she had this plan and it involved making cookies that we we're going to go distribute and get to meet the teenagers and kind of invite them over and, um, you know, create a, a, a place and a space for them to congregate and have community. And uh, the night before uh, our youngest had been like very excited about making this soup and uh, <laughs> that we really, you know, invested time and effort in, you know, when you're just like, we're, we're going to make this a moment. <laughs> so we get in the car. Corey's like, we're going to make these cookies and do whatever. And Jack just goes, yeah, I don't feel like making cookies. I, 
I made a whole thing of soup last night. <laughs> and I laughed because it was funny. It's like, when do adults get to say, oh my gosh, I made soup last night. And I mean, I'm just worn out. Okay. I can't do another thing. And that's soup. That soup just kicked my butt. And uh and so then I look over and Corey is just like crumbling. Boop, 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 boop. And I was like, oh no. Oh, and it was no. one of those like silent cries yeah. where you don't want like the kids in the back seat to see the fact that you're breaking down. Because yeah. I worked so hard on that idea and, and tried to be positive. Probably and I was, as hard as you worked on that soup. <laughs> and i just i i you know what i have lost it like i have not lost it before yes i feel like so it involved i mean an intense (laughs) trip to ikea um (laughs) and in the midst of like not wanting to be around no you skipped you skipped an hour of me in bed crying oh yeah yeah. i actually legitimately she just went home she she got home i fed the kids made sure they're alive I was like, you, yeah, you do you. You do you. All right. Because God knows I have no idea what to do in that moment. You did you offer me you. a handkerchief. I offered you a handkerchief, and I, I think I brought the cat up and put you it did. in the bed. So that was the right thing to do, by the way. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> so yes, we did go to IKEA. <clears throat> Retail therapy was great. Getting away from the kids was great. Yeah. I reset myself yeah. that day. So it really was like a, it was like a female version of the jerk. All I need is this lamp. <laughs> And this chair, and that's all I need. And this ashtray. That is exactly what it was. But, you know, this one was hard, I think, because we've moved so much. Yeah. And I think we were just tired. And I I saw you tired, too. Um, But I think um, plants have helped me. And IKEA has helped me. Not that it's been all retail therapy, but... And getting the kids plugged in in some great ways here at this installation has helped give us some space as well. Everybody Mm -hmm. giving them autonomy and space and everything. So I think, number one, I think it's just good to be honest that it's hard for everybody. Yeah, Um, I've had I've seen days for you that you've been really exhausted. Mm -hmm. There have been days where you and I at the end of the day are like physically this is getting harder and harder physically to do Um, each time we do it. Um, and this we did, we had people pack us completely and move us in. And so it's not like it was a full ditty, you know? No, it wasn't. Yeah. So So we had all the help that we could possibly ask for. So anyways, I think number one is just admitting the fact that PCS can be hard. Yeah. There's multiple components to it. It's not just a matter of packing your stuff up, taking it in a new place and unpacking it. Unpacking it is almost like the easiest part of the PCS. Mm -hmm. All the little stuff of going, okay, where's our new Mexican and Chinese restaurants? What's the easiest way to get to the grocery store? What's the best time to actually go there? Um, Where do I go and get my haircut now? All the little things. And in the midst of it, you know, you've got, you're trying to balance not going over your per diem. What's going to be a great hotel room that's going to give the family space so you're not like, like on top of one another the entire time and then trying to be positive for the kids when you yourself are having kind of an existential crisis. And it reminds me, uh, do you remember the Michael W. Smith song? I'm looking for a reason to find my place in this world. Yes. That should just be on loop. Place in this world. For those of you who didn't know place it, Corey actually was a musical performance major oh, for a little while. So um, she'll sing us out. She'll sing the outro no, for no. Michael W. Smith's 
place in this world, and uh, we'll send him two dollars just to make just sure. Two. Just two dollars, just for a cup of coffee, maybe two fifty, uh, so that we don't get in trouble with copyright laws or whatever those are. Um, but uh, yeah, and you're, you're constantly trying to figure out not just where things go, um, but where you go, where mm-hmm. and. When you're out of optimism, when you're out of encouragement, when you're out of all the positive stuff, if you've got family around, you're still trying to be positive and everybody runs out and you nine times out of 10 don't know that you've run out by the time you're like staring at somebody's face and you're like, I've run out. And it's clear from what you're giving me that I have. Yeah. You know, I don't this doesn't necessarily have to go in a strength direction, but I, I think one of the things that I have noticed Mm-hmm. Uh, and paying attention to how you and I have each handled the PCS in same but different ways um, is that I'm a huge, I have a lot of strengths in relationship building. And so I think that's what, where I really crashed because right. I had leveraged for so long, all these relating mm-hmm. communication skills and positivity and all that kind of stuff that that's how I crashed. And you had told me that you had crashed at your point, because you had just strategized for so long and Mm -hmm. so many logistics and trying to make sure there was a plan for everything and for everyone that um, I think I'm trying to remember, I think on the day that you just had just completely ran out, you were just like, I just need to go and think about something that does not involve logistics and, and planning and thinking through all the details and like you had just crashed on your ideas. Yeah. I mean, for that, it gets bad enough that, um, for me, I it's helpful when you find a great restaurant to go eat at where it's like, you know, I don't have to go through because I will I'll go through 30 or 40 Yelp reviews to make sure that I'm getting a good deal and I'm not going to regret this meal and uh, that it's good for the I mean, all the different things you try and take into account when you're trying to be a good family, a good parent. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it gets exhausting after a while where you're just like, you know. We don't have an oven, so I can't tell you chicken nuggets, but I don't know where the best chicken nuggets are in this town. We're trying to make this an event. Hey, we're all excited. Yay. (laughs) So and after a while, I mean, that is just getting to the place. Then once you finally get the place, you get your stuff, then you're going through and you're going, huh, this cord doesn't reach to where I need it to reach. Oh, wow. What an interesting place to put air vents. Um, Where am I going to put my bed? Where am I going to put this? <laughs> Who put 40 linen closets in a house and with a master bedroom? That, with an itty bitty bathroom. <laughs> with a master bedroom that can't fit a queen bed. I mean, <laughs> how many linens do I need? Am I sleeping in the closet? <laughs> it almost makes more sense just to have a fold out twin bed out of the linen closet. <laughs> you, <laughs> you know, can fit one just in that to, one yeah. So at some point, you're just like, but here's the beautiful thing about that I love about PCS is you you realize that it's all just stuff. Yeah. And you don't uh, the things, you know, you don't cling to it so much and uh, it doesn't define you. And the stuff that, you know, used to be like, oh, I got this for this house. And then all of a sudden you get it to a new house and you're like, this doesn't work for this house. Mm-hmm. I have to rethink my emotional attachment to this item. And so, yeah, so- not, kids not included. You have to stay emotionally attached to the kids. Please. They have to fit in the house. So I shared briefly a little bit of kind of what I had been paying attention to and what I had kind of learned recently. Is there anything that you've learned from this PCS? Like about what? 
I mean, it can be anything. It can be like a, a tip, but it can also be just stuff that's been on your mind. Um, what did you learn from this? What eighth PCS or no seventh PCS in eight years? Oh, oh, I have no idea. I think I just got through it. I haven't done my after action review on it yet to see <laughs> hmm, what are my lessons learned? What am I going to take away? What am I going to keep? And um, uh, yeah, I, really... I definitely want to clean out a whole lot more before the next one. Get us down another 2000 pounds. Is your mind where you're just what's the next thing? Like you're not having deep thoughts and you're not like processing this emotional no, event. It's, or it's always what's the next thing. It's all because I don't want to go into anything unprepared. I mean, that's a part of being, you know, a strategic thinker and having strategy in there. You're constantly going, what do I need to be prepared for? And if and if that happens five different ways, how can I be prepared for each one of those things? I think that's interesting because obviously I'm having significant emotional events. <laughs> nah. and I think that I uh, obviously I'm processing and thinking about how it impacts me, how it impacts the kids and what am I learning from this? And, you know, we've always had that phrase. It's all gross for the mill. And and I really do think that way all the time. And so I think that's why I wear myself out. It just oh. even in my head as an introvert, as I'm mm -hmm. always processing, OK, what can I learn from this episode with the kids? You mm -hmm. know, because each of the kids have, you know, they're 15 and almost 12 now. And so each of them have had their own reactions to the PCS yeah. lately. And so I'm constantly thinking mm -hmm. about all that. So it's very interesting to me that you are just like, I think about thing? it. And then um, I, I just naturally comes up feeling guilty. I feel like I'm dragging the family around behind me, you know, behind the, the job and where the army tells me to go. And I think that's pretty standard for most service members where you get to a point where you're like, OK, I know I'm asking a lot. So I'm always trying to provide even more each time because I know what I'm asking and I know it's a lot to ask. And, um, and so I think about it. And so I'm constantly checking in because I don't feel what they're feeling, but I can, I'm, I'm aware enough to go, what's going on? How can I best serve you? What do you need? What would be good for you? And then I've, you know, paying attention to times when I need to just take one of the boys and me and uh, Aiden or Jack and I going off and doing something by ourselves or having that moment. Yeah. So you're, I am, uh, I am constantly aware um, that it is a lot to ask from the family over and over and over again. Um, and so I am trying to, my goal getting settled so quickly with each PCS is to make sure that you and both the boys all have exactly what you need and everything that you would want by the time I check into work. So me going on leave, me taking a break, me taking me time, that is totally not a priority. My priority is that everything is completely set in the house before I go to work. Um, I know that you feel that way. And I know that you can feel guilty about all the relocations. And I think that's why I also try to stay super positive and optimistic yeah. because I don't want you to feel that guilt. But at the same time, I know I have to get through that um, adapting that yeah. is not easy for me. And yet I can't make myself do it easier. I can't make it smoother for me. Mm -hmm. It's just not a strength of mine. And so I think I hide that for a long time because mm -hmm. I don't want you to feel guilty. My process of adapting is going to take some time and probably a series of emotions too. And it's almost like I have to get through that and then it kind of decompresses me. And then I cast new vision and 
probably come up with some new ideas, which Mm -hmm. even as of this morning, I'm thinking of like ways of connecting with families and things like that. And that's Uh the way that I set my course. Mm -hmm. So I felt really bad that that day that I could not be positive any longer. And I knew that I was afraid that that would impact you and have you feel that extra guilt because Mm -hmm. I don't think that you should feel guilty. It's our the family is doing well to be in this lifestyle and the boys, even though they have their rough moments, I mean, they, man, they, they push through in ways that I've never known in my life how to, how to do what they do, you know? Mm-hmm. So, so I, I hate that you feel that guilt. Um, it is what it is. But I, I think there's a lot of serving spouses. I think there's first responder spouses out there that feel that way too. I mean, oh. the lifestyle is so chaotic, even if you're not moving around, it can feel like, is this worth it to put my family through this? I know there's a lot of military families that decide to ETS and get out because you just decide my, you know, I don't want to put my family through it anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, And we have always said with each move, we're going to reassess how our family is doing and decide, is this something that's still good for our family? Yeah. And yet you also hear from families that have been doing it and they've got, they've graduated their kids, got them into college who talk about how, well their kids are adjusted to the world and to uh, college and to being adaptable to basically anything which is basically the world because it's in a constant state of change and flux so you hear that and you try and remain encouraged so it does yeah you have to to take a good hard look at it each time and i think that's helped us keep going like i know i've thought the same thing that every time we've seen the kids struggle a little bit i've I've thought in my mind how many mentors we've had that have said, mm-hmm. it's okay. The kids are going to be fine. You're not going to ruin the kids. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to be well set up. And, and then we push forward and, yeah. you know, and things even out. And yeah. six months later, we find ourselves in a better place than yeah. we were. So it's just a matter of being intentional. So what else about the PCS was amusing or shocking to you? Or exciting. Amusing or shocking. Or exciting. Those are your, those are your only three options. Amusing, you know, exciting, or shocking. You know, there's a, a cycle of deployment that usually everybody circle knows. Circle of life. <laughs> you know, everybody kind of knows that cycle. Mm-hmm. You know, you train up and then you have the pre-deployment, you know, motions and that's a whole roller coaster. And then you have a deployment and that's a roller coaster. <laughs> and then you have reintegration. That's a roller coaster. But you have like this process of deployment. And I don't know if there's out there the cycle of a PCS or the cycle of um, mm-hmm. moving or, or the assignments, you know, that kind of process. And so I was thinking about how, you know, you go through these stages with, and I was telling a friend about this too, the other day, who's also in the middle of a PCS and kind of running it by her. And, you know, it's almost like you have phase one is, you know, getting ready for the PCS and packing up and, you know, you're like you you kind of start shutting down where you are and disconnecting from people. And that's everybody mm-hmm. has talked about. That's a normal thing. Everybody kind of goes through. Mm-hmm. But then you like have this second phase where you go, this whole thing is an adventure, right? We're going to huh. make it an adventure. We can't I wait. To, we can't wait to see the new things and the new house and a new state. And and when I ask spouses out there, like, what is your favorite thing about this lifestyle? I mean, half of the responses are like, it's the adventure, right? Yeah. And and you kind of go through this. And for me, it's a little bit of like, I'm going to force myself, you know, to see it as an adventure mm-hmm. because of my struggle to adapt so quickly. And I almost, I wonder how many other people out there 
I know that there's some out there that genuinely see it as an adventure. And I think maybe there's some people like me that hope that it's an adventure, you Mm -hmm. know, but you have to do that because to think otherwise is too hard. Yeah. So then you kind of get into the actual PCS and the driving and the hotel rooms. And you and I were laughing. We almost did a video or a podcast like mid PCS when we were in the hotel room. And we were laughing about how like this whole adventure starts to kind of take a different turn. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And suddenly like the kids need, you know, they're arguing about who gets to watch what show or play which game. And so suddenly the living room you know, the hotel suite, some one kid has that TV and just to appease them, like you can have the other kid, like you can have the other TV in the other room. And next thing you know, like you as parents You're sitting in the hallway going, how did it come to this? How did it come to or the bathroom? Like, yeah. that's all we have yeah. is the bathroom in the hallway. Yeah. And it's like, no, we are going to reclaim our yeah. territory. How did the kids or the bathroom that the, that's the man, that's the wonderful thing. It's almost like people that have created hotels have never been in a hotel where it's like, yeah, we're going to put family in there. And here's the cool thing. We're going to make sure there's no fan in the bathroom and that the bathroom door opens right to the living room. There, everybody is sitting. So we, we, we think it should be a public display of when you go into the bathroom and when you come out and we're just all going to pretend there's mystery happening in there. Or, so. or like, think about like, you know, we are a house of boys, mostly, except uh-huh. for me. Like, so when that bathroom opens up to the living room and I've just taken a shower, that means I have to take all my clothes into right. the bathroom. Yeah. That's not fun either. Nope. So, yes. Yeah, so you get to it's this like constantly adjusting throughout the whole thing. And you're like, this doesn't feel like an adventure. Not anymore. And that usually for us, this last PCS yeah. turned into like, you know what? This whole idea of eating healthy and like we're going to get through a PCS with as much routine and structure in place as possible turns to forget it. We're going to the store. Everybody gets their own pint of ice cream. Like everybody like just pick it out. And like we picked out on ice cream. To our credit, it was all coconut ice cream, which was a mistake for me. Well, big mistake. Yeah. Well, huge. It was in one bathroom. Don't do that, everybody. Don't yep. eat a whole pint of coconut ice cream. <laughs> Does not make it healthier. Yep. So you turn this You're corner. Just gonna do it, aren't you? Just gonna do it. <laughs> Fried states. Yeah. So you know, so that's that phase. Like it goes from the adventure to suddenly, like reality hits. Yeah. Right. And then you gotta you get there. You get to the new state. You yeah. get to the new house, and you're like. It's almost like you reclaim the adventure again and and you try to reclaim the excitement. At least you can visually see where you're going to be. And that can be exciting for a few days. And then, like you said before, then you get into this like push to the end, just barely crossing that finish line. And that can be really hard to do without everybody melting down, without marital conflict coming in, just because Mm -hmm. everybody is tired. Yeah. And so I feel and then on the end of that, you actually have to then try to integrate into the community when you're at a deficit. Yeah. So to kind of wrap up the whole, you know, my thinking about this cycle um, is I remembered you know, not only is this cycle happening, but it took me back to that one episode that I did where it talked about Maslow's ladder mm-hmm. and realizing that here we are two weeks into settling into our new location and realizing I'm at level two. Like yeah. we got our basic needs met. That's going great. 
but now we're in a place where we need that routine and structure. And yeah. a couple of days ago, that's where I was like, we've got to figure out what is our new routine because we can't jump in into community necessarily. We can't ask the boys to even jump into community if they don't have some kind of routine and structure. Yeah. And that really helped me this time with my own ability to adapt, to go, okay, this is why I'm struggling on yeah. this day because all of the settling in is pretty much done. I don't have my community yet. Um, although I'm thankful for a few people at this stage of our career that will be here at this installation that we know. So I'm not starting from scratch, but how important and crucial that is to start to set new structure and routines for everybody, whether that's going back to the gym or getting mm -hmm. the kids involved in something even during the summer where it's not just um, idle time right? where, you know, everybody loves a day off, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's best for everybody to have a day of nothing. Right. Yeah. So staying decisively engaged and doing things. Yeah. So I think just adding that structure back, you mm -hmm. know, and then the next level is, okay, now that we have a routine, now how do I plug in? Mm -hmm. Well, I know when we first got here, it was a huge influx of community around us and people wanting to make connection. And I felt like I was zoned out. Mm -hmm. Like I was like looking at people going, I don't have stuff on the walls. And for me, I need to, I need, unless I nest and unless things are like unpacked and in drawers and on walls, then I don't feel like I have actually moved in. I still feel like a transient and I hate feeling like a transient. So I can't even like barely have a conversation to even try that so i'm definitely way low on the ladder and it's only until i'm like throwing out the last bit of boxes and i can wake up and realize there's not anything even medium size to do around the house today that i can just kind of settle in and feel like this is my home mm -hmm. that's a huge feeling for me you know going back to that first podcast i had not very first podcast but the one on resiliency that i'll make sure that i post a link to in the show notes um you know one of the things that I talked about actually related to a PCS was, you know, when you think about this, these rungs of the ladder, mm -hmm. you know, if you wait to bring that casserole to a friend after they've settled in and gotten their basic needs settled in, and maybe when they're starting that structure and routine, you're probably more likely to have somebody be fully present and engaged and ready for that community. Oh, absolutely. Not to say taking that like little thing of cookies over to welcome them to the neighborhood is not something you should do. Yeah. But expecting that huge level of relating and really connecting in a vulnerable way may not be possible. Yeah. Really for a family until they've gotten through those first two rungs of the ladder. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes a big difference. So. so do you want to talk about what it's been like for teen boys and um, moving this time around because that's one that's been hard for us well um what i've seen is that and i'm not saying that our military kids are stereotypical but what i what i believe is that they become so used to uh severing ties with friends that they don't normally expect to make friends real quick and so they get pretty comfortable being by themselves mm -hmm. with and yet they're also expressing loneliness and just like us where you're like, there are times where you're like, I just, I, I hate to say this, but I got enough friends. All right. I'm not located near all of them, but I don't know if I can climb that ladder. That's a tall mountain. I don't know if I can climb that again. And eventually you get there 
because you realize that you're doing life with one another and it helps out. Um, you can kind of still see in their eyes when you're like, all right, hey, we're going to go. We're going to you're going to go to open rec or we're going to go to the pool and you're going to meet people or you're going to go do this. We're going to do that. We're going to meet people. You can kind of see this kind of why look in their eyes like why even try at this point? I mean, I'm cool. Are you cool with me being cool, not being cool? And yet I'm alone, but I kind of realize nothing I can do about it. So that's a really hard thing. And, um, that's you been know, really hard for us lately. Yeah. And I want to see, I don't know, I don't know whose responsibility it is, but I want to see a lot more intentionality about creating community for kids. Yeah. Uh, that's the one thing that I remember when we were at Fort Stewart and we kicked off with Chapel Next. I knew in my heart, having worked in a church background, that if you win kids, you win a family, mm-hmm. period. I mean, because parents will go wherever their kids are getting best fed and best taken care of. And we did. We instituted that whole program of um, the security check program yeah. because we wanted to make sure parents knew when you go into chapel, your kids are safe and they're being taken care of. So we had a check in. And it, I mean, numbers sudden, doubled. Numbers doubled. We started really creating space, mm-hmm. you know, um, Mike cleared out that entire chapel. We created safe space and. And really allowed them to kind of own it. And so that when they, they showed up to a place, they were like, ah, oh, I like this. This is, this is for me. Yeah. And it makes a huge difference. And um, we, ha- we ended up having to move out of that chapel into the main post chapel because we were like busting at the seams. Because we operated on this one simple principle of take care of kids and everything else will follow. Everything else will follow. Yeah. People will go. Uh, it's not great for me right now, but I can look at my kids and see that they are they have wonderful joy on their face. And so for me, the last three PCSs have been about how do I create the absolute best space for them with the potential for other kids, other boys to come over and be like, oh, my gosh, you, you guys have the your parents gave you the big screen TV downstairs with the big couch and all the games and I mean, a, a game table and put up black lights. So it's like a cool vibe down there. You know, I, um, I really desperately want military kids to have a place where they can plug in and go deep quickly with one another. And uh, so it, that's what matters to me. And, um, you know, I always say you and I could live in a shoebox. Oh my gosh. Yeah. If it was just us, it's easier, but it's, it's the kids that I think, you know, we, we wrestle with the most yeah. and making sure, like you're saying, they're okay and they have what they need. And, and there is a lot of programming and different installations yeah. offer different things. Yeah. You know, we've been at an assignment where there was no installation at all and no support yeah. at all. Um, and we've been to places where there was a little bit, there was more than that. Yeah. And so um, one of the, <clears throat> one of the important things is if it isn't there, if the support isn't there is to become the support. And then to find a team that you can work together with to create a community of support uh, that you can invest in those kids. And um, it requires a, a huge perspective change. Um, so, uh, you know, as far as the, the drive out here, as far as getting them ready for PCSing, it is constantly casting vision for them over and over and over again. Of, OK, here's not only our future as a family, but here's what it can potentially mean for your future as an individual. Here's how it can benefit you positively. And um, so you, you, you do have to exert much more effort the older the kids get to be able to say, OK, this is why this does and to, to bring them into your world. 
So as we've driven around post to go, hey, here's the building that I'm going to be in over here. And that's where I'm going to be going to college. And this is what I'm going to college for. And that's what I'm going to be studying. And here's why it's useful. And in the big grand scheme of things, here's what it means. So you've, you've got to give them a context for all of this moving. And it's not just simply, you know, but that's, just, that's not just for kids, man. I would challenge serving spouses to let their supporting spouse know that over and over and over again. Here's why this is important. Here's why this is meaningful. Um, like plans? To, uh, like what? Like plans. Are you talking about the serving spouse or the, the military spouse? Well, the serving spouse should um, let the supporting spouse know, okay, this is, what, this is why this move is necessary, or this is how this move can benefit us as a family. Um, and to be honest with it, not to sugarcoat it, but to, to be honest, you know. Well, and I brought up the plants just because from the other perspective – I mean, I, I jokingly um, said this to my neighbor. You know, we went out. She invited me to go get plants. You know, she wanted to go get plants. And we were talking about how, you know, we just wanted plants for our own sanity's sake, yeah. you know, and because of the change, you know, and for some reason, being able to walk out on my new porch with something that brings me joy, yeah. you know, makes this adjustment just a little bit better. Yeah. And we were talking about how that's necessary to communicate to your spouse too, mm -hmm. that, you know, it's not just frivolously spending money on plants that, you know, when something else on the inside is maybe feels like more of a necessity to at least be able to communicate, you know, this is why this is going to be helpful for me. And this is why I need this in my life yeah. right now. Well, it's a, it's a perspective that I've taken with me since my first day on active duty when I um, reported to the first unit and Colonel Brown looked at me and he said, his first question out of his mouth was, is your family settled? And I was like, no, nah, I mean, we have some boxes and stuff to still unpack. And he goes, go home and don't come back to work until all the boxes are unpacked and your family settled. I will get enough of you in Afghanistan. They need to get all your best right now. So go get them settled. Like that was the order from the boss. It wasn't like, oh, well, we need to get you plugged into here and get you plugged into this. His interest, he knew full well, having done the Army for a hot minute um, and growing up under, you know, Martin and Deanie Dempsey, how to take care of families. And that if you take care of families, you'll get the best out of the serving spouse. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it's always how do you best take care of the family so that when I go to work, I can then set my mind towards the things of work. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. So when you're like, I need more plants, I'm like, well, you you do the budget. So go. <laughs> I appreciate that, by the way. You're welcome. I appreciate those moments that you have been understanding mm -hmm. of little things like that, because I think when a family is in stress, when a couple, it, the whole family, I think, but especially a couple in stress, sometimes you do what might seem kind of like a strange thing to the other the, mm -hmm. maybe from the other person's perspective like why plants or why did you need that extra one you know why did you make six avocados worth of guacamole why did you do that, that was you yes yeah. like it's just these little strange things that happen when you're under stress or under duress yeah. that it is it is a feeling of control that's like all it you is. just needed guacamole and yep. you know what you needed the guacamole to to be successful that night even yep. though it wasn't and that was frustrating to you mm -hmm. you know and the plants was a feeling of control for me. Yep. And I think each PCS, it's different. Mm -hmm. It's a different thing that, and I think we need to also be watchful for where the kids are experiencing that too. Right. I know you and I have always tried to give them each an opportunity to set up their room and have control in their room. 
This PCS, our 12 year old, we knew coming into it was going to need a cat. We promised him that he could have a cat this time. We had to say oh. goodbye to a stray cat that he loved so much. Mm-hmm. So we now have a new kitten yep. and that was going to have to be his thing yep. that he needed to have some control in. But it was a good family decision that we did that. Yeah. So, you know, going back to kids, I think another thing that we've struggled with recently, going back to what you were saying with um, how do you know how and when to push a child or, you know, give them space and control Mm -hmm. to make their own decisions. Um, And this is something that we've been, I know I've been thinking a lot, leaning on support and mentors for answers, but it's the thought of, you know, when your kid is saying, no, I really don't want to go to the pool. No, I don't want to put myself out there again. Knowing when do you push them and yep. say, no, you're going to do it, you know, because um, you need it. I'm gonna, and you just got to put yourself out there and when to give them the control to say, no, I'm not going to force you to do it. I think it's the hardest part of parenting. I think the, me, at the least. part works is when you give them options and you we you did this years ago with Jack in that. You know, he's the kind of kid that only wants to do ideas he comes up with yeah. and that he owns. And he's always been that way. Like I watched a video of him the other day and I was like, oh, my gosh, that that has always been that kid. And um, so you were like, OK, if I give him three options that I'm all cool with, I'm cool with all three options. Then he has this illusion of control. The, yeah. And so you're not trying to trick your kid, but you're also trying to go, OK, well, you don't have to go today, but. Pick the day you're going to go. Yeah. All right. So if you need more time to get yourself psyched up for it, then yeah, in three days, you're definitely going to go. You're definitely going to make that happen. Um, and it's also modeling. So if it's, uh, if it's knowing that getting out and being active is going to help any human, which it does, it's going, okay, you're going to go for a run right now. And then like you did this morning with Aiden. Okay. You're going for a run with me right now. Really? I am. Yes, you are. Because I know it's good for you and I know it's going to benefit you. Yeah. And then to to hear what they want and to help them create plans on how to get there. So if kids are going, I want to be more athletic in this or I want to do more of that to go, okay, well, here's the cost. I can help you get there, but you've got to be the one that owns it. And I will model it for you. I will teach, coach and mentor you through that process. But you've got to be the one that owns that. Mm -hmm. So I'll push you nine Nine yards to go 10, but that last yard is yours and you've got to own that. So, you know, I think the hardest part, all of these pieces are (laughs) the hardest part. I keep going the hardest hardest part. part. (laughs) It's all all of it. It's all of it. You know, since this is a marriage podcast or a family podcast, I'd be remiss to not have us talk about how PCS, PCS impacts a marriage. And I think that we have done such a great job getting the house settled and getting the kids settled and giving the kids what they need and be mind, being mindful of that. I think one of one of the hard things about PCS is making sure that we have time. Right. Um, and our kids are old enough now that we can leave them at home and, and go on a date and mm-hmm. they can, they're supervised and can feed themselves. And, you know, I know there's a lot of families out there that don't have that opportunity yet. Yeah. And don't have babysitters and don't have kids registered for childcare yet. Um, so it can be really challenging yeah. to carve out that time for you. And it can be where you're focused on the house and the kids and you put your marriage last mm-hmm. and taking care of your marriage. And so I know I've felt that in this PCS of like, 
being all four of us in the house together and it's summer and everybody's around each other all the time yeah. and missing that time with you. Mm-hmm. And where do we carve out that time? And if we do leave to try to have a date, you know, whether or not I feel guilty for leaving the boys at home. Yeah. And we actually had a conversation about that on a date um, since we've gotten here where the, we had to actually ask the kids if they were cool with us leaving or if we're being bad parents and just to actually hear from the kids to go, no, we're actually great. We need that time by ourselves away from you too was really yeah. helpful mm-hmm. to hear that from our kids. Yeah. So, and I, it helps. It's more better during the school year. PCSing during the summer is difficult because you're going, I mean, if you have kids that can stay at home and usually they're watching TV or playing video games, you're going, I want to leave, but at the same time, I don't want you doing the same thing that you were doing earlier today. Okay. And um, because the world around us has changed so drastically mm. from what we experienced, it's hard to know what's normal mm. and where you fit into that normal and how do you maintain your own level of sanity in that whole process. So if you can't carve out the time, I think that it's still just helpful to even hold hands uh, I've told you I love when you scratch the back of my head, back, back of my neck. Um, just healthy, non-sexual touch where, oh, oh warning. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think okay. yeah, you're supposed to give a warning no, when you say you that. <laughs> Sex and, uh, so healthy, non-sexual touch where you're like, this is, this is difficult, but I love you and we're together mm-hmm. on this. Um, and it is speaking one another. There's a love language of gifts uh okay yeah yeah we definitely we want to be healthy but is we definitely need chocolate tonight Mm -hmm. um we need ice cream um we definitely need to go have some mexican food tonight Mm -hmm. in order for us to stay together and not implode um and to be honest with those moments and to be graceful with yourself in it uh to invest in it so Mm -hmm. well i appreciate how hard you've worked it's been a it's been a tough move and honestly it's been a very smooth move i think smooth move smooth move (laughs) (laughs) you're like a rolodex of commercials (laughs) smooth move x-lax was not a commercial for x-lax it was what we said as kids (laughs) smooth move x-lax maybe i just never knew where that came from (laughs) i'll say it came from me anyways and you're married to the guy that came up with smooth move x-lax you're gonna claim it Sure. Anyways, um, you've just been really awesome through this. I think it was difficult because, you know, we were only in the last place for a year and a half and we're only going to be in this place for a year. Mm -hmm. And my adaptability was just really having a hard time with that. And you have been patient and calm and you've taken care of all the logistics for us. And you have been present and engaged with the kids, you know, when they were struggling too. And I know that you're tired too. And I think the goal, at least my goal for the next however many days before you go to school and get really going for this assignment is to make sure that you're fully rested and that you have what you need. And so I just want to say, you know, we talk about publicly praising our spouse and I just want to say thank you for working as hard as you have. Um, and for being as patient as you were with me about my meltdown. That's okay. <laughs> You've been um, really great. So I appreciate who you've been. Well, you've done a good job in telling me where you want all the pictures hung. And so I did that. Well, you won't let me hang the pictures. Well, so. you know, that's a whole nother podcast. <laughs> so 
Um, you're welcome. You're worth it. And I love you guys. So. And then when I go to school, then I will have adult conversation and you'll have quiet and life will go back to normal. Back to whatever normal is. Yeah, so. I don't know what that is. Well, I hope that this conversation maybe helps some of you guys out there who are PCSing or maybe you've just um, PCS like we have. Mm -hmm. It is PCS season. Um, if you're listening to this, um, not in order or, you know, way after it's come out, then surely there might be somebody around you that's just gone through it too. And it yeah. might create some understanding where you can serve somebody else yeah. and be mindful of what they may need, whether it's time, space or cookies yeah. or ice cream or chocolate, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, or, um, maybe a helping hand offering to babysit, things like that, um, mm -hmm. to help another family through what they're going through. I know our vision for the next year is to serve our community as best as we can while taking care of ourselves. Yep. So hopefully you guys are thinking the same. So thanks for joining us for another podcast. Hopefully this was helpful. Thanks for listening to the Life Giver Podcast. If you're enjoying these conversations as being free of advertising or sponsorship, please help me by spreading the word to other military and first responder families that might benefit from the show. If you'd like to find out more about me or Life Giver, you can find more information at www.coryweathers.com or life-giver.org.